You're listening to Pombo and Peter's Picks, the home of your favorite sports betting podcast, presented by The Daily Goat. Hello and welcome to episode 36 of Pombo and Peter's Picks. I'm Jason Pombo alongside Peter Alves. Peter, how are we doing today? Pretty good. Week one is finally here today. It's just a, it's just an appetizer though. They're, uh, they're teasing me. Bucks and uh, Cowboys, obviously, and the whole slate on Sunday. Yep. Are you, uh, what's your, so we're going to talk in this episode, uh, a lot of college football and a lot of pro football, both are in the news right now for numerous reasons, but in particular, Peter, why don't we start off with some college football talk, right? All right. So we're going to bring on Brandon Carr of roughing the basket and cheap talk wrestling Carr's written numerous articles on college football prospects. And, uh, he's a big college football guy. So we're going to have Brandon Carr on. How are we doing today, Carr? I'm doing good, guys. Um, week one of college football in the books, and I'm excited to talk about it with you guys. It was a week, I'll say that. There was the fun time, huh? Storylines. What's up? Fun time, huh? Yeah, I'm excited. Peter, I have something to tell you. What's up? So I haven't told you this. I was waiting to tell you until we started the podcast. So, Peter, I did. A, I put in a little parlay on college football last week. Actually, that figures. Every time you tell me to put on a stupid parlay and I always join you, you always screw me out of money. So that's... I know. And I never hit, and I hit. So I was like, you know what? Let's do some college football action. Looking at the college football slate, first game that I liked, it was Alabama minus 19.5 over Miami. Uh, when you look at Alabama as a whole, I felt, again, this is the Alabama as old, and the ACC had a lot of trouble this weekend, and I thought the U was overrated, and Alabama kicked the crap out of them. So check, got that one right. Yep, business as usual for Alabama. Yep. Yep. Number game number two, I uh, reached out to Carr and I said, Carr, what do you what do you think? What's what's something that you would consider a lock this week? And he's rattled off the Cincinnati Bearcats uh, minus 22 and a half over Miami, Ohio. And Carr, of course, was correct. They kicked the crap out of, of uh, Miami, Ohio, 49, 14. Yeah. And then my last leg, I had UCLA plus two and a half over LSU. So look, UCLA with the underdogs, but I like what their program was heading. I like what Chip Kelly was doing over there. And I'm a big believer that Ed Orgeron is a little overrated. And I think that LSU program has taken a real downfall since that class of Joe Burrow uh, dipped. So I hit Peter and I'm, I'm very happy about it. Wait, so sidetrack before we get into college football, you're going to give Carl like 33% Carl, I would ask for like at least 33%. At oh, least picking the Bearcats game. I don't know. Yeah. yeah really for real. At you least. Know what, Maybe I'll hit you up again this week. And, uh, Maybe we'll run it back, but Car, I'll see you in a couple weeks at the end of September for a Cheap Talk Wrestling event. So maybe mm-hmm. we'll maybe we'll square up then. Well, yeah, we'll talk about it. We'll, yeah. we'll talk some we'll talk some dollar signs. Yeah, absolutely. So Car, without further ado, uh, I'll stop floating about my parlay that I'm probably not going to hit again till November third or whatever. But Car, what's your first takeaway of this week one of college football? Um, I think a lot of people are going to overreact with this first week because there were some pretty underwhelming quarterback performances. And, you know, I mean, I guess you can say I overreacted like a little bit on Spencer Rattler, but still I kind of looked back into last season and I still see the same things. I was, you know, I last on my, on Bar for the Basket, I was talking about how I thought Spencer Rattler should be the clear winner for the Heisman Trophy uh, award uh, winner, but I just think, you know, he just, I, cause the reason why I thought that was because I thought he would overcome that stuff that, you know, kind of plagued him last season. And I thought maybe he would put it together, 
having, you know, another offseason in Lincoln Riley's system, having, you know, knowing, you know, uh, how to fix those those um, miscues that he had, but he still can't read defenses. And it's something that, you know, you really saw a lot of that. You know, some of those plays that he had in that two-lane game, he should have had at least – I tweeted this. Like, he should have at least had four or five interceptions. There were a couple of dropped interceptions by the two-lane defenders – and I remember one being a defensive pass interference call that kind of bailed him out and they, it was a bad call. So Spencer Rattler, he kind of plays like too much hero ball. I feel like he doesn't read the defenses very well. He misses open guys in the middle of the field. Like there's, there's a handful of times where he'll just have someone open in the middle of the field and he'll overthrow him. And it's something that you can't do that in the NFL because uh, NFL defensive players are going to intercept that 10 out of 10 times. So I kind of worry about that, but Sam Howell, you know, he was another guy that kind of disappointed as well. Um, I think, you know, with him, that Virginia tech defense came to play this offensive line really didn't help too much, but still, I think, you know, there's definitely some blame with Sam, with Sam Howell definitely could be contributed to losing Deami Brown, losing Javante Williams, losing Michael Carter. Like he definitely lost some talent to the draft. Um, so he's going to have to have a big year here. Um, and yeah, even in DJU, I know Peter, we were talking about on my show. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Guy. What happened to DJ ukulele? Come on. 19 for 37, only Terrible. 178 yards. One interception. It was, yeah. I, only reason, not the only reason, cause I like Clemson, but one of the main reasons I, I got to follow DJ ukulele now and he didn't impress me at all. And they're still ranked sixth, which is an absolute abysmal. It seems like, Carr, your first reaction when I posed you that question was, look, I'm disappointed with the quarterback play, but not to overreact. What about in terms of how do you because I know you're a big uh, believer, believer of uh, Dabo Sweeney, that program in Clemson. Uh, were you let down by them? Because I certainly was. I thought they were going to roll Georgia like uh, I JT Daniels. I mean, I'm not a huge JT Daniels guy, uh, so I thought Georgia would do what they do best, which is kind of roll over in big games. Uh, but I was totally taken aback by that offensive uh, showcase by Clemson. Yeah, um, there just wasn't – there was nothing going right for Clemson. Um, they weren't running the ball either. I believe they only had two rushing yards on the day. Um, so they really weren't getting a mu- much rushing production. Obviously, you lose Travis Etienne, who was, you know, the ACC's all-time leading rusher. You know, he's gone. Um, that's a big loss, but – you know, they have some guys, they have some veteran guys, but I would have liked to see Will Shipley on the field a little bit more, who was a five-star recruit freshman. He was he, he was on the field a little bit, and he looks great. Um, so I suspect that they're going to get him involved in the game plan more. But, yeah, that Clemson, Clemson just really disappointed. And uh, DJU, I just think, you know, he was under duress all night. I believe Georgia had seven or eight sacks, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he was pressured, but still there were a couple times like the pick six, like he pretty much stared down Justin Ross and um, the safety there. Chris Smith had made a great play on the ball. And that was, that was the deciding factor in the game. Like that pick six won Georgia the game. So it kind of just said a lot about, you know, the defensive performance from both teams, but yeah, that, the Clemson, I, you know, I suspect that they can bounce back. Um, it's going to, I mean, it's still a bit, pretty big loss to have, um, a loss against Georgia this early in the season. Um, we'll see where they end up, you know, uh, ranking after the top 25 comes out. But they play South Carolina State, so they have a game the next week that they should easily win and maybe get some confidence back. But, 
yeah, it was, it was a rough, it was a rough outing for Clemson. Um, I was definitely disappointed. I thought Clemson was going to win that game, but you know, you lose Trevor Lawrence, you lose Travis Etienne, um, and some, and a couple of guys on the offensive line, like it's something where, you know, it's definitely going to be some growing pains from this team to the start, but I think maybe hopefully, I think Dabo, I believe in him enough. I think, you know, it's a, just a wake up call reality check. Like, Hey, like, all right, we got to get our stuff together here and, you know, went out. So I, I, I was definitely disappointed, but I'm still, I still believe in Clemson. Should JT Daniels be in the Heisman conversation? I know it's super early, but. I like JT Daniels. Um, I think he definitely could, definitely could end up being there. Um, Georgia, you know, there's a couple guys on their offense that weren't out there a lot. Um, obviously, George Pickens, who tore his ACL, was somebody that, you know, people had as their wide receiver one heading into the, the, the 2022 draft. So it's a big loss not having him. Um, and I think JT Daniels, you know, he's someone that unfortunately, you know, tore his ACL and he had to transfer from USC to Georgia. But it, this was a guy who was a fantastic high school uh, quarterback recruit. And he was five stars, right? I five believe. star. Yeah. yeah. He played for, um, I believe he played for Matter Day, if I'm not mistaken. He played for one of those big uh, college, nah, big high school football uh, teams out there in California. So, you know, he definitely, you know, has the pedigree and stuff, but. I mean, his performance was fine. Um, I'm not going to say that he was great either. I think, you know, Clemson's defense did their thing too. Um, but I think definitely if Georgia can remain a top four team and, you know, JT Daniels strings, strings out some pretty good outings, I think that he could definitely be in the Heisman conversations for sure. He's definitely a talented quarterback and I believe he's draft eligible this year. So maybe there's more of a, uh, um, an, an initiative to you know step up and improve his draft stock. Now I'm going to ask you. I have I have two more things for you. In particular, one, uh, Peter. I'm going to ask you this too. Who's the second best team in the country behind Alabama? So you want me to answer that first? Yeah, sure. Yeah, God, oh, it's, it's a, a tough, tough question, game. right? It's a tough question because I mean Oklahoma just, just barely squeaked out a win against Tulane, which they should have lost that game. I think. I mean that was a gutsy performance from Tulane, I would say. Um, but I mean, I think it's going to probably end up being, uh, I think Oklahoma is probably going to remain at two um, in the AP top 25. Um, it's hard to say because I think, you know, Clemson, obviously they didn't look great. Georgia, their deep, their offense didn't look great, but they still ended up winning. Oklahoma, um, you know, they didn't look that great either. I would probably say Ohio State, maybe. You know, what about they, at Texas A&M? They won ugly, but yeah, I mean, they Texas didn't do that bad. Yeah, Texas A&M not bad, but I wouldn't say that they're that they're in that tier. But I think Ohio State's probably number two. Um, their quarterback C.J. Stroud kind of had a rough first half in that Minnesota game, but then like then they started to cook and. I think Ohio State with C.J. Stroud, you saw in that second half, he was fantastic. You have the two best – you have the best wide receiver duo in college football and Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. You have a great defense, um, and Ohio State's always good. So I would say Ohio State's probably number two right now based you, on the big one. Peter, you say Texas A&M? Yeah, I'm going to say Texas A&M for now. I was actually going to say Ohio State, and I thought that was somebody that you guys both would not pick, and I, that, that was going to be my answer. I think they're – Low-key flying under the radar right now. I think a lot of the talks are about 
uh, how Clemson was disappointing and how big of a win that was for Georgia. Uh, I think that's just a huge talking point going on in college football. And Carr, I get another question for you. So I have a lot of thoughts on this, but curious to hear yours. What's your opinion on LSU and Ed Orgeron here? Uh, obviously had a really bad lo- uh, loss against UCLA yeah. and coming off a really bad season in, in which they were underwhelming uh, in a number of different facets. I know the excuse last year was, well, they dealt with COVID uh, and you lose guys like Joe Burrow, Clyde edwards Hilaire, Jefferson, you name it, they lost a lot of pieces. So that was kind of the excuse, but you're losing to UCLA uh, week one. I mean, that's a real bad look for Ed Orijan and his crew. It's not a good look and it's tough. I mean, you know, I think LSU not saying that, that Ed Orijan was carried by that team, but I think, you know, it was more so that team, you know, the personnel definitely, you know, was I think the bigger reason as to why they were, they had the season they did. I mean, you know, Joe Burrow obviously having the season that he did and having the, you know, Jamar Chase and Terrace Marshall and Justin Jefferson all in the same wide receiver room. Like it's crazy. Um, so I just think, you know, LSU, they lose all those guys from that championship team. And I just don't think that they've been able to rebound. I love Kayshawn Boutte, their wide receiver. I think he's going to be an absolute stud in the NFL when he's draft eligible uh, in 2023. But you know, and obviously you have Derek Stanley as well, who's a fantastic corner. Eli Ricks is really good too, but I just think, you know, there's there's still some holes on this team. The quarterback position, um, I believe they had Max Johnson out there. Yes. Um, so, you know, uh, I don't think he's the best quarterback in the world, um, but there's definitely a lot of, you know, question marks with this LSU team. And I had, I figured that they were going to, you know, come back down to earth last season too. But to lose to UCLA, which I think UCLA is doing a really good job with their program too. Um, But it's definitely a big loss for LSU. And, you know, I think they'll probably get a bowl game, but there there might be a question, you know, whether or not they will. Um, I think it's very debatable at this point. Tell you what, my instant reactions were, I think it's not questioning Ed Orjan's job, but I think he's in that overrated category now. Uh, I'm sorry, but Watching that game, UCLA got penalized eight times for 73 yards. Uh, LSU got penalized two times for 10 yards. Uh, UCLA was trying to give the game away to LSU, and LSU just refused to take it. They just wouldn't do it. And it was just an absolutely coaching clinic that Chip Kelly put on over at Oregon. They ran the ball down LSU's throat. Uh, They were able to convert on crucial third downs, especially late in the game. Uh, On third downs in the game, uh, LSU – um, so UCLA was seven of 13 on third downs, you know, and they just, that's almost, that's over 50%. They, they weren't able to get off the field. Uh, and I think since that Joe Burrow class, they haven't been the same. And I know you alluded to that personnel grouping, uh, that they had way back when with Burrow, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, Jamar Chase, and all those guys. And I, it doesn't look like Ed Orjon is able to replicate it. Now, before he won that national championship, he was a good coach. He was a fine coach, uh, wasn't in the the level of Dabo Sweeney or Nick Saban or, or guys like that. And I don't think he is somebody like that. I think he's that tier two tiers below that. And I think that's just what he is. And that's the harsh reality that LSU is going to have to deal with because I'm sorry. I just, at best, I see them going seven and five, something like that. And that's disappointing for a program that very disappointing. They were called the best team in college football history a couple of years ago. 
I, I mean, I know how people quickly forget that, but that team with Joe Burrow, they were considered to be one of the greatest college football teams ever created. And now they're losing. As we keep saying, that team's loaded. Exactly. I, I know they lost a lot of guys, but look, good coaches, good programs. They're able to uh, replicate that talent in a number of different facets from years on and on and on. In this whole weekend, the SEC dominated and they couldn't beat Chip Kelly's little program in the Pac-12 UCLA, which I, I, I'm not discrediting, discrediting at all. That program is on the rise. Like, I think that program is really, really uh, going to be top-notch in the next couple of years. Like, I, I know you just alluded to that car, and I agree. But I tell you what, you're losing to those guys when you're supposed to be big, bad LSU, part of the SEC. I don't know. Uh, that wasn't coming in two-and-a-half-point favorites. I don't know, coming off a disappointing season after, again, I don't. this part of it's irrelevant, but after what happened to New Orleans, I thought those guys were going to be really rallied up, and they just disappointed, you know. Yeah, and UCLA, you know, they took advantage of that on Twitter. I forget what they put um, as their Twitter header, but it was something that Ed Orgeron had said um, before the game. So I, I think maybe that was some bulletin board material if they USC, UCLA players had seen it before. But, yeah, LSU is just – it's a disappointing program right now. And, you know, they were at such a high point, but I think it's just attributed to – losing so many players Joe Brady I think is very underrated in what he was able to do with that team offensively and just to make everybody everybody's skill set fit his system like that offense was historically great because of that and I think Joe Brady one day will be an NFL head coach because of what he's able to do offensively I didn't yeah that's a very good point about the Joe Brady thing uh, Joe Brady now those of you who don't know is offensive coordinator in the NFL in Carolina. Uh, so you look at, you still look at that program and I just expected better of them. Uh, I'm sorry. I just did. I thought LSU was knocking on the door of the Alabamas of the world over the next couple of years. I thought they'd be able to recruit. I thought Ed Orjan was the hot new thing in the college football landscape. He was a great motivator. Uh, he was a football guy, raw, raw. He's, you know, he's one of those guys. Like I thought he was going to be that and he is disappointed since that national championship. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying they're going to go four and eight or three and nine, but I think they're probably going to go like a seven and five, something along those lines. And they're going to get rolled by the better portion of the SEC, the Alabamas of the world, notably. So I don't know. That was just my takeaway was just how disappointing Ed Orijan and LSU was. Now, Carr, I put this poll out uh, on the Daily Goat. Now, I want your opinion. I'm not sure if you voted in it, but Peter, I'm going to ask you too. So, Carr, you just got hired at a college football program, and you get to pick between uh, Ed Orjan or Chip Kelly to be your coach. Who are you going with? Peter, who are you going with? Chip Kelly. Carr? I would say Chip Kelly too. I think Ed Orgeron's a good recruiter, but I think what Chip Kelly has done, you know, with UCLA up to this point is – Pretty impressive to say the least. So, yeah, I yeah, think I, he just revamped that whole system. I yeah. agree. And Chip Kelly, I know he gets a lot of crap for the NFL stints. Look, it didn't work out in Philly or San Francisco, but I think he knows that he can really coach in college football. We saw that at Oregon, uh, what he was able to do in that that time with the revolutionary. I mean, some people say he was revolutionary towards the mobile quarterbacks. I mean, not saying you allude all that to him. But he was certainly a big portion of it in college football. Carr, correct me if I'm wrong, but he was 
one of the first guys to implement that mobile quarterback offense in college. Oh, with Chip Kelly, yeah. With Absolutely. Them. You think about Marcus Mariota and, yep. you know, how good Oregon was under him. Under Remember uh, Dennis Dixon? Yeah. Same kind of thing. And I think he's implementing that same offense at UCLA, and I think they're going to be I, – I tell you what, my prediction for US, UCLA going into uh, – to conclude the year is they will be in the top 20 in the AP poll. I like that. That's what I'm going to go with. I think I like they can that. win nine games, eight or nine wins. I think they're going to be right there. Uh, and that was a big step. That was the biggest win in Chip Kelly's – probably Chip Kelly's had in the last, um, I don't know, what, five, six years? I mean, he hasn't had a win in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to exclude that time. But, like, since he's been at Oregon, that was the biggest win of his UCLA career, period. It's that simple. And he's – he can coach, man. I I think Chip Kelly is underrated at this point in his career, which is crazy to – It's crazy to say, right? It's crazy to say. But I think a lot of – when you're talking about uh, these great college football coaches, everyone's like Saban, uh, Dabo, uh, Kirby, Jimbo. Like, uh, those are the guys that come to mind. And Chip Kelly gets kind of forgotten – Due to the NFL stints that he kind of lost to shine and now he's coaching out West. And I feel like guys like that kind of get forgotten. It happened in Washington over the years. We saw that. How about Boise state? Same kind of thing. Those kind of coaches got forgotten a little bit about, but car, you have any other uh, final college football topics on your mind? No, but um, you know, I think this next week is going to be, it's going to be pretty good. Um, you know, we have some good games here with, um, when we look, so we have Oregon and Ohio state, that's going to be a good game. I think, you know, it's good. It's a good test for Ohio state here to go up against the number 11 seed Oregon. That's going to be good. Um, that's another big game, Iowa versus Iowa state. So you have like that interstate rivalry right there. Um, so there's, there's some good games coming up next week. There's some, you know, games for, you know, like Clemson, I think can definitely, obviously, I think they can bounce back against South Carolina State, so that'll be helpful for them. Um, you know, there's some other team, there's some other games, but I'd say those two games right there are going to be games that you're going to want to watch. I think those are going to be, you know, two competitive games. Maybe we'll see some upsets here, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited for week two. Hopefully, you know, these quarterbacks that disappointed in the first week can play better um, this next upcoming week here. So your storyline is uh, Clemson bounces back in week two. I think they will. I, I think they need to. So someone's got to give Alabama a competition. Yeah, Alabama. I mean, if we could talk about them for a second, like, for sure. Um, they're they're reloaded. I love Bryce Young. Um, I think if Alabama finishes as number one, I think there's a real shot he wins the Heisman. I mean, you think they're just looking their chops, looking at like all the struggling teams at the bottom? Well, not like at the bottom, but like rank below them, obviously. And then they're just like, well, we're just going to make the national championship game again and just like worry about it later. Yeah. I, I mean, I think because their think, schedule this year is pretty soft as it normally usually is. It's but. usually, it's usually pretty <laughs> yeah, soft. I mean, there's some big games show. in there, but yeah, Alabama, I just don't see a team right now that can knock them off, if you want my opinion. They're, you know, they lose a bunch of guys to the NFL, but they have so many guys that are NFL players where it's just, it's hard to compete with them. Yeah. And I think defensively, they looked great against the U. Like, I think they made a couple goal line stops. Yeah. Uh, they they gave able to get some turnovers. Control. Tell you what, they had, they were awesome. Getting to the quarterback, Miami had no, no opposition. That offensive line had no answer. Alabama's for real. And, Shocker. They're uh, they're going back again, baby. Yeah, they're going back again for sure. But 
It's going to be good week two. I'm excited. All right, Car. So if I if I need a third leg of my parlay, you know, uh, I'm gonna hit your lineup. So you might probably should have one ready to go. I was gonna or say, ask for equity this time, though. I, I I might have to. I was about to say we better be talking some dollar signs. Yeah, say one percent. one percent. One percent. Told you we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk when I see you, man. We'll, we'll talk when I see you. All right, sounds good to me. Sounds All right, Car. You can check out Car on Rough in the Basket and Cheap Talk Wrestling, and of course, his great NFL and college football articles. Uh, Car is a great follow on Twitter. Car, what's your uh, tag? Uh, Bcar underscore 13 on Twitter. Car has you highlighted every Saturday with some great college football clips, highlighting some great touchdowns, catches, runs, yep. defensive plays. Car has it all. So Car is a great follower if you're trying to get into the college football uh, game. So mm-hmm. be sure to check him out. All right, Car. Thank you very much. Thanks, Car. Thanks for having me on, guys. All right, Peter. Uh, that was a pretty good college football segment. Yeah, we love Car. Car's a a great guy and he's great college football knowledge. He's very, uh, he's very good with his insight. I absolutely give it to him. Rough in the basket's a great pod. I know you gotta, you gotta know a lot about college football because it's not like the NFL where they stay for a while. They're always switched out. It's a revolving door within literally the span of two years. And he's also great on cheap talk wrestling. Car's good everywhere. Car's 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 good. All right, Peter. So let's break into the NFL here, right? Uh, week one, Happy week one is today. Uh, the Bucks Cowboys kick off tonight. Uh, Brady is going to raise his seventh banner. Number seven, Peter. How does that taste? Seven. Oh, great. Not one. Ha ha. Not two. Ha ha. Seven, Peter. Seven. Yep. So, and I'll be like an idiot and glue to my screen and then just cry when Brady's like, let's go. <laughs> yep. So that'll be, that's tonight. Uh, and then we have a great uh, chock full of games on Sunday as long as, uh, as well as Monday night football. So, Peter, before we get into our picks for week one, uh, let's get to some division winners. So, for the last pretty much two months, we've broken down division by division, uh, uh, previewed them, talked about what we liked, didn't like, we predicted win total. And since we've done that, some of our opinions have changed as some situations have gotten clarity, players have gotten hurt, players have been named starting quarterbacks, players have been named, you name it, whatever, you know. So our opinions could have changed from our original uh, win totals that we did back in August. But Peter, without further ado, let's talk NFC North. So who do you have uh, winning the NFC North? Uh, do you got the Packers? You got the Vikings? You got the Bears? Or do you got Noah's Lions? So I have, no, sorry, Noah. But no, I have the Packers minus 160. I was high on the Vikings like three weeks ago whenever we previewed that division. But I, I think that COVID is going to be a real problem because they're the lowest vaccination rate. and. I, I trust Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to do an FU tour. I, I really do. And I think he's going to will himself by himself to at least like 10 games. So, so Peter, we talked about Green Bay. And you, you were down on him, but now you're coming back around. Yeah, you? I know. I don't know. Fair enough. I just have a what? bad feeling. That's pretty funny because Dylan, uh, Dylan Sariva of Cheap Talk Wrestling and a great UFC contributor, uh, he reached out to me on Tuesday and he was like, just listen to your podcast. You guys are really low on the Packers. No love for my guy Rodgers, huh? I was like, look, like I had them with 10 wins and I think Peter had them nine. So I guess you could say we're not in love with them. So Dylan, when you listen to this episode, Peter's like, I'd bet the over, I'd bet the over now. And if he didn't win MVP last year, he's a dark horse MVP this year, but I don't think they're going to give it to him two years in a row. So Peter, I agree with you. Uh, I have the Packers winning the division at minus 160. Uh, And I think it's more to do with the dislike I have for the rest of the teams in that division. I think the lions are obviously a team in the rebuild. I think Dan Campbell knows that he signed a six year deal. 
trading Matthew Stafford, rolling with Jared Goff and that receiving core in that offensive line. It's not going to be pretty. The Lions are clearly rebuilding. Uh, the Bears, in my opinion, are also still in that rebuilding mode. Uh, Matt Nagy, I think he's gone at the end of the year. Andy Dalton doesn't much have left, in my opinion. Uh, and I think Justin Fields, uh, he's shown some potential here in the preseason, but I don't know if he can stay healthy with that offensive line. And the Minnesota Vikings, I don't like them this year. Uh, I really don't. I think they're going to take some step back on both sides of the ball. Uh, you mentioned the concerns for COVID, and I think that's absolutely warranted. So I like the Packers. I think they minus 160. I think they win the division with, like I said before, 10 wins. And uh, they head back in the playoffs, and they try to get Aaron Rodgers his second Super Bowl before he leaves town. I have the Green Bay minus 160. There's another reason, too. There's a quick story. So I, I listen to another uh, gambling podcast, and uh, my boy Tim Anderson – not not the baseball player, but like he's a part of DraftKings and he curses every team that like he picks and then he picked the Vikings to win the NFC championship game. So I was like, no. So that he picked had, the Ravens to win the Super Bowl like three years uh three weeks ago and now they all like all got hurt. So I mean, tell you what, that Minnesota team, I, I like some of like I like Kirk Cousins. I think he's a good quarterback, not a great quarterback. Well, that team's a great, but I just don't I, Yeah, I mean I COVID's I gonna bite him, I'm telling you. And I, I didn't like what I saw last year out of them. I think it's going to be very similar, uh, hovering around 500, 7 and 10, 8 and 9, something like that. All right, Peter, now let's talk some NFC West. Who do you got? I have the Rams at plus one, 190. I think it's put up or shut up with McVay because he finally has a quarterback. He has all the pieces on defense. He has pieces on offense. And it's a win-now mode. I think it's win in two years or, like, whenever Stafford's uh, contract's up. And I, I really think that McVay could be on the hot seat if they don't do well this year, which is crazy to think about because – He's coveted. I don't think, yeah. I don't think McVay's going anywhere, but so you're picking the Rams? Yeah. All right. I'm going to go the opposite. You already know who I'm going. I'm going Seattle plus 275. Look, the Seahawks, I feel like nobody's talking about that. I'm not exactly sure why. Uh, Peter's like, well, they suck. That's why. But no, no, you, they still have Russell Wilson. Look, know. when you look at it, the Russell Wilson situation got figured out. Him and Pete Carroll are buddy buddy again. They re-upped Chris Carson. They made some improvements on the offensive line. They took care of Jamal Adams. They added a tight end, Gerald Everett. Uh, DK Metcalf is certainly on the rise. You look at this team, and I think they got better, and I feel like nobody's talking about them, and I'm not exactly sure why. I think plus 275, Seattle wins the division, and I think they're a dark horse Super Bowl caliber team. I, I that, whole, really, that whole division I, is dark horse. Super Bowl. But, so. Look, when you talk, when you hear about, oh, who's a Super Bowl contender, I feel like everyone's saying, obviously, Kansas City, Baltimore, Cleveland, Tampa, Green Bay, the, the Rams. Seattle is nowhere to be mentioned. And Russell Wilson, for about half the year last year, was considered the MVP of the league. And I know we always make fun of him, no MVP votes. Haha. But I'm telling you, I, I like the Seahawks team, and I think they win the division at plus 275. All right, Peter, let's go to the NFC South. I have your boy, Tom Brady, Bucks minus 200. Watch out for a perfect season because it could happen. That division's way too soft, even with Jameis Winston. I agree with you. Plus 200, Tampa Bay Bucks win the Super um, Not win the Super Bowl, I'm sorry. Win the NFC South. Uh, when you look at this division, I think it's a similar situation as the NFC North. You have a team like Atlanta, a new head coach there, some older guys, and obviously that defense is rebuilding. You have the Saints, uh, who's to say what's going to happen with Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill. And then you have the Panthers, uh, the great unknown uh, with Matt rule, Sam Darnold. So I think the bucks are clearly the front runners and clearly the favorites to win that division. Rightfully. So 
bring back all 22 starters and the Bucks look uh, loaded and ready to go. And I think they're a shoe in to win 13, 14 games this year. All right. Uh, last uh, division in the NFC here, uh, the NFC East. So I have the uh, Washington football team at plus 200. And I don't like the Cowboys this year because they, their offensive line is already going down. Zach Martin has COVID. And I think that Zeke is going to have a hard time going. I think Dak's going to have some rust. And I, I like the Washington defense. I think they can ground and pound, and I think they can win on defense. Do you, do you think that – I was thinking about this like a few days ago. Do you think Washington should have traded for Teddy Bridgewater instead of signing Ryan Fitzpatrick? Wouldn't that be so much better? Because mm-hmm. I'm afraid that Fitzpatrick's going to turn into a pumpkin. Well, I think they also have somewhat confidence in Taylor Heineke. Are they right, also but sign him for like a one-year deal, like whatever. Yeah, you know, that's I see what you're saying. So Teddy Bridgewater, they'd have to trade for it. I think if it was only six-round pick. They're only a quarterback away. Yeah, I no, I, I see what you're saying. But when you look at Fitzpatrick Bridgewater, is there much of a difference? I think he's just more safe because Bridgewater. Uh, I mean, uh, Fitzpatrick can throw for four touchdowns, but he can throw for four interceptions just as easy. That's fair. That's absolutely fair. So I, I see what you're saying there. And you know what, Peter? This division, I, I'm on the fence on. Am I going to double down on you? Yeah, I do it. I'm going to yeah. do it. I originally had Dallas at plus 150, but I'm going to change my mind and go with the Washington football team. Why? I think the uncertainty of Dak Prescott's health. I, I really think there is something wrong with his shoulder. He's clearly coming back from that ankle surgery. And I think Dallas is in for a little bit of a down year. Uh, of course, who doesn't love their weapons in Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and CeeDee Lamb, and Zeke Elliott, of course. But I think they have some question marks at head coach and Mike McCarthy. I- I'm sorry. I'm just not in love with this Cowboys team this year. I- Watch I'm for Mike McCarthy to be on the hot seat, too. I agree. Things go bad. I- I'm going to go with Peter. I'm going to agree with you. Washington football team. I like what Chase Young brings in the defensive side of the ball. I think Fitzpatrick can do enough. I like what Washington did in the offseason. They gave... Um, some help to the quarterback position now. Now it's not just scary Terry alone over there. Uh, they added some help. I think Logan Thomas is one of the most underrated tight ends in the NFL. I think he's someone that is going to burst on the scene this year. Uh, and of course, they brought in some other parts and other pieces to help in that secondary and that offensive line. I'm going with Washington to win that division. All right, Peter, let's move on to the AFC here. Let's start off with the AFC North. So well, the AFC. Sorry. Oops, sorry. No, you're good. So the AFC North, I think you might have some interesting opinions here. Uh, hopefully you can make TJ Alvin of Cheap Talk Wrestling happy. What do you think? Who wins yeah, the TJ, AFC make North? sure you're listening. Browns, I have the Browns winning division plus 155. I like the Browns all the way around. Their defense is great with Miles Garrett and uh, Clowney on the uh, line. I, I like their offense. I like their uh, cornerbacks. Listen, the only thing that will bring them down is Baker. And I don't think, I think he's going to take a step forward. And all, all he has to do is not throw interceptions. And I think they can do that this year. I was going to, I was on the fence on the Ravens, but I think the Ravens are way too hurt. And they just signed Le'Veon Bell. Like you can't win with Le'Veon Bell. The Ravens uh, already lost Dobbins. He's out for the year. Uh, they lost some other, and they lost their backup running back too. They brought in Le'Veon Bell on the practice squad. Tell you what, Latavius Murray just got cut. I think Latavius Murray would be a perfect fit in Baltimore. He fits that running style perfectly. But I'm going to disagree with you on this one. I'm going to go with the Baltimore Ravens. I like them at plus 110. I think this Ravens team, they're going to do what they always do, and they can win in the regular season. The playoffs are a different animal, but I think Lamar Jackson has shown time and time again uh, he can take care in-game, in-division games. I think that defense, uh, granted they lost Matthew Judon and some other parts, uh, they can be pretty good. 
I think they addressed the skill position, the skill player position as well, uh, despite the fact of dealing with some injuries there. I think a guy uh, like Sammy Watkins could end up popping onto the scene. Uh, if Marquise Hollywood Brown can take another step in the right direction. That would be big. In that division, I'm not in love with Pittsburgh. I think Roethlisberger, look, I think Roethlisberger's done. And I think Cincinnati, Joe Burrow is going to have, uh, I don't want to say trouble off that torn ACL, but it's going to be a slow progression. And I think Cincinnati's offensive line also still sucks. I like Cleveland, but I think I like Baltimore a little bit more. I'm going with the Ravens to win the AFC North. All right, Peter, how about the AFC West? I wonder who you're so, going with here. Yeah, obviously the Kansas City Chiefs are minus 250. Business as usual for Kansas City. That's all I got to say. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, nobody can catch them, I don't think. They're the best team in the AFC by far. Yeah, you're exactly right. Uh, when you look at <laughs> – look. Yeah, we don't have to spend teams, much yeah, time on this. Exactly. And I think the only – if there is one team to contend in that division, I'll give you one dark horse, and that's the Denver Broncos. But uh, that would be if – Deshaun Watson or Aaron Rodgers suddenly ended up. There. Listen, KC has no depth though. So if, if one of them goes down, if like Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey goes down or one of the offensive linemen go down, they could be in trouble a little bit. But And the offensive line in Kansas City is now uh, intact, which is huge. Yep. That's something they didn't have last year. So look for Kansas City to do what they always do win the AFC West. All right, Peter, let's move on to the AFC South. A little bit of a trickier decision here. Yeah, I hate this division. I have the I have ultimately the Titans at minus one fifteen, but I, I that's just because the Colts freak me out because Carson Wentz is supposedly starting week one. That's a fast five to twelve weeks, and I don't think he's going to be right this year. All right, fair enough. And then the Texans and Jags are obviously dumpster fire. So, <laughs> all right, fair enough. There, I'm going to go with the Tennessee Titans. Uh, I, when you look at the Titans at minus one fifteen here. Uh, granted, they're dealing with a little bit of COVID things now. Tannehill's out. Uh, but look, they added Julio Jones in the offseason. Derrick Henry's still Derrick Henry, despite the fact that I think he's going to regress a little bit. I think A.J. Brown is going to continue to develop. I think that defense is heading in the right direction. They added uh, Bud Dupree. I really like that signing. And if Tennessee can stay healthy, I think they can win the division. Indianapolis, something's off there. Carson Wentz, already dealing with injuries. Uh, he's He already had, he was in COVID protocol as well. Yep. Uh, Indy's banged up. Uh, Nelson's hurt already. T.Y. Hilton's out for a good part of the year. And I don't like how Indy handled their offseason. I think that's going to come back to bite them. Uh, you look at other teams. Houston's, you already pretty much described that. Uh, dumpster fire. Uh, who They also signed Danny, Danny Amendola in the last couple of days. So Amendola's back in the fold there. But despite that, uh, you look at the rest of that division. Jacksonville, I'm not in love with Jacksonville. I think that team is a mess. And I think that was already been proven literally last week when Urban Meyer is likely to face a fine after he uh, was in a press conference and he said uh, that the COVID vaccine was a reason why he cut players, which you can't, you can't say that. You can't say that. Granted, you might feel that way. You can't say that. And what did Urban Meyer do, Peter? He said that. Listen, and, if you think the Bengals have a bad offensive line, which they do, just wait for the Jags week one. I'm telling I'll tell you. Tell you what, Carr on roughing the basket. When we were on, me, myself and Peter were on. Uh, the episode will be out. Uh, if it isn't out already, it will be out shortly. Uh, he said he wouldn't be surprised if Urban Meyer just quit at the end of the year. So I just, yeah, just go in there. You just All be right, like health Peter. risks. Exactly. You know, and Urban Meyer's dealt with those health risks as well. And if it doesn't pan out, that could be one of those one and done situations. All right, last but not least, the AFC East. I'm a poet, and you didn't even know it, Peter. 
Wow, nice one. So I have the Bills at minus 160. I think the Bills are way ahead of the Pats, Jets, and Dolphins, unfortunately. Obviously, we're all Mac Jones fans, but I think we got to temper expectations a little bit. I think they're going to win a wild card, but I think Bills are going to win 13 games this year. And then, obviously, screw Tua, and then the Jets are going to be like 4 and 13. Matt thought he was safe. He really thought, and actually, Matt didn't think he was safe. Nah, just wait for my picks. All right, so going into the show, I was, I don't want to say on the fence because I picked Buffalo, the over and the win totals in the AFC East, but that was under the assumption that Cam Newton was the starting quarterback for the Patriots. And that was also under the assumption. Oh yeah. On the record. I, I said that I wanted that to be under nine and a half. But I want that way over nine and a half. That, Peter, that's but, why I'm getting that on the record yeah, here. Cause yeah. I think we predicted the AFC East with the thought of Cam Jones, Cam Jones, Cam Newton being the starting quarterback. And I think more light has been shed on the situation involving COVID with the bills. Cause it seems like all those guys just aren't taking the vaccine. And I think the bills are right for a, I don't want to say, a, I'm going to say down season, Peter. I had the Patriots win the division at plus 350. Whoa, shocker, shocker, right? Shocker, shocker. Hey, you got to do it. Shocker, didn't see that coming, Mac Jones. Whoa, yeah, yeah. But Peter, look, I'll, let me back it up here. I talked about a couple weeks ago how Josh Allen's 2020 season was an outlier, and I'm going to stand by it, along with the fact that concerns with COVID. The Patriots defense got better. The Dolphins, I know we rag on Tua, but Miami is going to be better this year, in my opinion. The Jets are better than last year. The AFC East is better. The Bills have a little bit of a difficult schedule. Patriots win the division going 11-6. and six. They win a tiebreaker oh, over wow. Buffalo. Sorry, that's how it goes. I know. Homer pick is what it is. Patriots win the division at plus 350. All right, Peter. So those are division picks. So we kind of changed our mind a little bit in some portions of it. Obviously, things were different when we did those division breakdowns, but that's where we're going with here. So who comes out of the AFC? So I have the Browns over the Chiefs because I think the Browns can make that first step. I I really do. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Uh, TJ, I'm sure you're happy right now. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit different than you. I'm going to go with Casey plus 250. Uh, I think the Chiefs are the best team in the AFC. Offensive line got better. They can stay healthy. No one's going to stop them in the AFC. It's as simple as that. Tell you what, I think it's the AFC and then everybody else because I don't think there's a clear number two in the AFC. I think it's a jumble of Baltimore, Cleveland, Tennessee. Like I think it's a one of those teams, but I think it's clear favorite is Casey at plus 250. How about the NFC? See, that's how I felt about the NFC because – Obviously, I can't pick the Bucs because, you know, but I have the Packers at plus 600 over the Bucs. I, like I said, I think that Rodgers is going to just do an FU tour. Tell you what, Peter, when you came on last week or whatever it was, two weeks ago, when you were ragging on the Packers, I, know, I was surprised because you're I always – I love – yeah, I love Aaron Rodgers too. It's you're just, always the guy to say the, Roger, the Packers in the over, Rodgers in the Super Bowl. Like, you're always that guy. And now you're back in your roots, so I'm glad to have the original Peter Alves back. Peter, I'm going to go a little bit different here. I'm going to go with the Rams, come out of the NFC at plus 650. Yes, I know I didn't pick them to win the division. I think they get hot in the end. I think they start off a little bit slow, but I think Stafford and Sean McVay get hot at the right time, and they come out of the NFC. Uh, I like them at plus 650. 
I think the skill position players there with Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Higby, adding Deshaun Watt, Deshaun Watson, I'm sorry, Deshaun Jackson, uh, adding some help defensively. I think Stafford is that missing piece of Sean McVay. I like him at plus 650, Peter. Now, who wins the Super Bowl in your mind? So I have the Browns over the Packers at plus 1600. I, I just, just for the fact that the, I think the Packers O line is way worse than the Browns defensive line. And I think it's going to be like a Super Bowl of last year where you saw Mahomes run for his life. I think that Rogers is going to run for his life. I'm going Rams. I'm going to stick by uh, Noah's quarterback, Matt Stafford plus 1400 with the Rams. I think Sean McVay, I'll tell you what, at the end of this year, I think, I know you said Sean McVay might be on the hot seat. I'm going to go the opposite. I think they're going to say Sean McVay. Is well, I only said that if if the Bill, I mean, if the Rams aren't as good as people think, I think he's going to be on the hot seat. I think Sean McVay is going to be clear, concise, the second best coach in the NFL after the season. I'm going Rams. Then look, it's put up a shut up time. They traded all their freaking ten, uh, first round picks over the last 10 years. Do something. This is it. Sean McVay, do it. Tell you what. If the, if the Rams don't make the playoffs this year or fall up short or whatever, I'm off McVay's wagon. I'm off everything Rams. This is it. All in now. All right, Peter, uh, let's do a little bit of speed round here. NFL awards. Who's your MVP pick? I have Kyle Murray at plus 1,600. I think that he's going to be a better Lamar Jackson than he was in 2019. I think he's going to put up 4,000, 5,000 yards. I think he's going to run for at least 1,200 yards this year. All right, I'm going to go Matt Stafford at plus 1,800. I think he gets hot in the middle of the end of the year. I like the value there. I think McVay is going to know how to utilize Stafford. I like him this year. I really do. All right, offensive player of the year. I think uh, Christian McCaffrey, what he does at plus 1,000, what he does when he's healthy, it speaks for itself. Fair enough. I'm going to go Nick Chubb plus 1,600. I think your Browns, I know Kareem Hunt's in the picture. But I don't I think, like that pick because Kareem oh, I Hunt love takes it. all of his catches. I think Chubb's going to really burst onto the scene this year. If McCaffrey can stay healthy, I like the pick, but I think that's a big if. I'm going to go Chubb plus 1,600. All right, defensive player of the year. I have Chase Young at plus 850. I think that Chase Young is a beast. I think he's going to be the next Aaron Donald of this league. He's going to get also, 20, 30, 20, 25 sacks this year. I also have Chase Young at plus 850. I think that's fantastic value. I think, I tell you what, I assumed he'd be plus 500, plus 600, plus 850. I think that's great value there. All right, offensive rookie of the year. Uh, obviously, Mac Jones at plus Shocker! 600. <laughs> Shocker. Yeah, come on. Who, who else are we going to pick? Not Trevor Lawrence, and then he's the next favorite. So, like, we got to come down with the ship. Yep, fair enough. I like Mac Jones at plus 600. Why? Look, Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville is a disaster right now. Uh, Zach Wilson in a new program with the Jets. That's a big we'll see. That team's not going to be good this year. Trey Lance, I don't know how much he's going to play this year. Uh, Justin Fields, I don't know how much he's going to play this year. Najee Harris. Trey Lance is already hurt. Exactly. Najee Harris, I don't love the offensive line. Okay. There's my reasoning for you. All right. Defensive rookie of the year. All right. Patrick Sertain from the Broncos at plus 1,200. I think the Broncos defense is going to surprise some people and win games. Son of a gun. That's also my pick at plus 1,200. I think Sertain's going to be clearly the best defensive player in this draft. I think it's going to be him and Micah Parsons. And I think he's going to fit well in Vic Fangio's defensive scheme. Denver's defense, like you said, top five unit in the NFL. Comeback player of the year, who you got? So I have Dak Prescott a plus 210. I wanted to pick McCaffrey in a double dip, but I think that comeback player of the year is always going to be a quarterback, and Dak's going to put up some numbers, even though I'm not high on the Cowboys. I'm going to go Saquon Barkley at plus 700. For the reason being, I no, think he's Dak... not going to be healthy for week one. That's bad. No, he's playing week one. 
You think Dak's healthy for week one? He's going to be on a snap count. You think Dak's healthy for week one? More than Barkley, yeah. Oh, I don't believe that at all. I don't believe that at all. I like Saquon a plus 700. When you look at the list, do you think it's Burrow, Dak, or Barkley? Those three seem to be the uh, the front runners, per se. Or McCaffrey. Yeah or, yeah, or McCaffrey. But I don't necessarily see uh, anyone coming out of the woodwork. I mean, unless Sam Darnold balls out. Sam Darnold, comeback player of the year. His odds are, let's see if he's on the list. Uh, plus 1,600. Plus 1,600. I think Darnold could be a dark horse for that, if I'm being honest with you. All right, coach of the year. Oh, my God. Jameis Winston at plus 1,000. Watch out. All right, that's your value picks. All right, All right coach of the year. Coach of the year. He's finally going to get respect. Bill Belichick at plus 1,200. I think it's finally his time. Because obviously he's a coveted coach, but I think that had a lot to do with Tom Brady, and I think he's going to say F you to the league and I can win with somebody else and win 10, 11 games and then win coach of the year finally. But he doesn't I, win coach of the year because it's kind of like LeBron where, or even like Brady where he has to be this good every single year. Yeah, exactly. Like Andy Reid won't be coach of the year this year because right. everyone expects KC to go 14 and three. Same thing with Bruce Arians. Or like but I think people, or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. I think people have tempered expectations on the Patriots, especially with the rookie quarterback. I like Belichick at plus 1200. I think he ends up winning the coach of the year award. Under the radar candidate for you is Matt Rule at plus 1600. I don't I, like uh, Staley at plus twelve hundred either. Yeah, I, I don't, I, why? Why is the Chargers the first one? Like, because they think Herbert? Herbert. Yeah, exactly because of Herbert. But like, there, there's literally no other reason than Herbert and a healthy Bosa, yeah. and a healthy Eckler. I mean, that that is legitimately it. All right, Peter, let's get to the good stuff here. Week one is upon us. We finally so get picks. Finally, finally get, get picks. picks. We're gonna give five picks. So we're gonna give. Five picks. five picks and a survivor thing. Correct. Five picks and a survivor along with one premium pick of the week like we were doing before. Uh, it's going to be clearly labeled out in our fantastic graphic from Matt. Thanks, Matt. Matt. He's doing a lot of work this week. I know. Keeping him busy. How do you like our updated pictures on the graphic? Oh, they're great. They're better than the first one. I agree. Good job, Matt. You did a fantastic job putting those in. <laughs> All right. What's your first pick of the week, Peter? So I have the Chiefs minus six. I think that the Chiefs are going to do an FU tour to the Browns. That's my AFC uh, preview. But I, I think the Chiefs are going to be like, hey, we have an offensive line now, and we're just going to put up 40 points and see if anybody can stop us. I think it's going to be like the Ravens like two years ago, uh, like week three in the Monday Night Football, where they had to like see where their competition was, and then they're just going to rest off the gas until playoff time. I'm going to actually go for tonight's game, Tampa Bay minus eight. Uh I, like I said, I'm down on Dallas. I think Dak Prescott, I don't believe he's healthy. Uh, Zach Martin, along with that COVID issue, his status is unclear. And defending Super Bowl champions in their home opener, 3-0 in the last three games. I like Tampa Bay minus eight. I think the Bucs win. See, I would pick the under touchdowns. of that game. Would you? If, if you hate the Cowboys in that game, yeah. Parlay, for I the backdoor cover. Yeah, I guess. All, All right. right. My next pick is the Packers minus four, just because – that New Orleans is playing in Jacksonville. I think that's going to ruin their mojo. And they're, I don't think they're playing in New Orleans until like October 4th, which is a little weird. So gonna it's go, going to be a neutral slight game. So fair enough. I'm going to go Seattle minus two and a half. Carson Wentz's, Carson Wentz's status, he's going to play, but he's banged up, dealt with COVID pro- protocol. Uh, they have some injuries along the offensive line. No T.Y. Hilton. There isn't much chemistry between that new offense. In Carson Wentz, and I think that's going to be an issue. I like Seattle minus two and a half. They haven't had much issue playing on the East Coast uh, through Russell Wilson's tenure there. I think Seattle wins big. I think there's great value at minus two and a half. Peter, how about you for pick number three? 
And my next pick is the Broncos minus three. Do you know that the Broncos, when they started this line, was plus three and a half? I think that the Giants are way too injured. Oh, who's playing that receiver? I don't even know. And Everett Ingram's not going to be there. I don't think Barkley's going to be 100%. And Galladay. I think that, of course you got Galladay. Yeah, but I don't think he's going to play week one. And Tony's not going to play week so one. They have, they have Slayton, Shepard. Yeah, yeah I guess. And then their O-line's a mess. I think that's going to be a dumpster fire. Then I, I, your boy, uh, whatever his name is. Which boy? Your Saquon? coach. No, the Joe Judge. Joe Judge. I think he's in trouble. Don't slander Joe. I, Judge. I think he, I think they're going to be worse than the Eagles. Okay, with the Giants, are going to this will be say, well, I don't want to spoil too much of my upcoming article on the NFL preview that you can check out on dailygoats.com. But I believe this is Daniel Jones's last hoorah in New York. Nonetheless, that's a conversation for a different day. Uh, but Peter, I absolutely understand your point on that. My third pick, Washington football team plus one over the Chargers. Uh, look, Justin Herbert was one and three on the East Coast last year. Brandon Staley's first ever game as a head coach in the National Football League, dealing with Ron Rivera and that Washington defense led by Chase Young. I like Washington plus one. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick, he has a tendency of starting off hot. Uh, I like this Washington team a lot. I like their skill position players. I like the line. I like this team a lot. Plus one, Washington football team. All right, what's your fourth pick of the week, Peter? So I have the Rams minus seven and a half. I think that Andy Dalton's going to be just thrown into the Wolves. I think he's going to be down by a lot of points. Don't be surprised if Justin Fields comes in in the fourth quarter. Their whole line's a mess. Their backfield's a mess. Their defense, I don't think is that good. And don't be surprised if this line goes way up to even like minus nine and a half before kickoff. My fourth pick, I'm going to go with the Patriots minus three. Again, sorry, Matt. But. Let's start talking some facts here. Patriots 3-1 and one against Miami in September uh, in the Bill Belichick era. This is in New England anyway, the 3-1. and one. They're also 11-1 and one in their last 12 games in New England against Miami as a whole. The only loss was in Week 19, uh, week 17 in 2019 where the Patriots lost the uh, first round bye. Had to play Tennessee in that wildcard game that me and Peter went to. And the rest and of we cried at the leaves. end. Yep, yep that, that's it. That was the only time they've lost in the last 12 games at Gillette. Uh, to Miami in the last 12 games. Patriots also have an improved defense, adding Matthew Judon. I think Kyle Van Noy on that linebacker core is huge. Sure, Stephon Gilmore is not there, but I think J.C. Jackson can play well enough. I also think Jalen Mills is going to be a big game for him. Kyle Duggar is also going to be tested. He's likely going to be against that Mike Gusecki tight end in Miami. Uh, that's a tough assignment, but if Duggar can really take that jump from week one to week two, year one to year two, this will be it. Mac Jones starts off with a week one win against two is Dolphins. I like the Patriots minus three. Sorry, Matt. All right. Fifth and final. I, do, I like that so much. That's my premium pick of the week. Just because that two is less, 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 less than Mac Jones. And the, the only caveat to that is uh, I'm afraid that somebody on the uh, Miami offense is going to get. No, pretty well, because uh, the Gilmore injury is pretty bad. I don't think they have depth there. I, I, but, I really don't. But but you're, I agree. The Patriots cornerback room is thin as can be. I think uh, other than – and Jonathan Jones and Jalen Mills have showed some struggles in the preseason. But, Peter, by your logic, the two logic, who the hell cares? Yeah, I know. That's that's the only caveat. <laughs> it's true. It's the only, come on, listen. Damien Harris is going to go off. Jacoby put, Myers put, is going to go great. And Johnny's going to play. There. Yeah, for real, honestly. You have a better chance. Listen, Matt, you're going to be on the show next week and you're going to have to explain to myself, oh, yourself. Oh, my God. But won't it be great if, like, Tua wins and then he's just going to be like, yeah. Tua throws for 450 yards, so six <laughs> touchdowns. Yeah. Oh, my God. Mac Jones, four interceptions. He's gonna you're going to that game, right? 
I will be there. Yes. You'll be crying in the stands. Absolutely. I'm going to have to do a Bill Belichick walk out of there. All right. For my fifth and final pick of the week is actually, it's, I'm going to double dip you, Peter. It's my premium pick of the week and it's my survivor pick. Rams minus seven and a half. You like that, Peter? I double dipped that shit. Uh, why? I think, like I said, the Rams, I think they're going to have a really good year in terms of, I think they win the Super Bowl. But besides that, I think Matthew Stafford's going to start off hot. Uh, in terms of that week one opponent, the Bears, the Bears offensive line, not good, not great, not good at all. Andy Dalton, I think, is going to struggle. Uh, and I think Matt Nagy isn't going to last very long there. I like the Rams here, minus seven and a half. And that reminds me, that's also my survivor pick, Rams, because I don't think they lose them more than a touchdown. I was going to pick the 49ers, but I think that's a trap game. I really do. I think in the Detroit. Niners, are, I think in the, Detroit. yeah, I, I think the Niners are going to lose that game. Hot take. There you go, Noah. All right, Peter, then you got anything else left on any uh, NFL, college football, anything we didn't cover? Good luck at week one, everybody. Good luck at fantasy football. I hope I go five and oh, I don't like how I have all favorites on my slate, though. What do you mean? Oh, oh, in your picks? Yeah, I picked all. So favorites. I have I have one underdog. I got yeah, that usually doesn't bode well. Uh, it's week one. You never know. Oh, week one's always a crapshoot. Remember for Survivor last year? Who was it that lost? Was it Indy? The, the Jack and the Jags beat Indy? Yeah. Yep, Jags beat Indy. That screwed over everyone. I, San Francisco lost, too. Yep. I, that was another big one because Garoppolo got hurt, I think. But whatever it was, who knows how week one's going to go, but those are our picks. Hopefully, we don't go 0-10 or 0-5 oh, each. Yeah. Let's not do that. Please. Let's not do that. Let's at least be 3-2 and two each, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least. All right. All right, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. We're probably going to have Matt Cooney on. He's going to have to defend Tua or make fun of us. So, uh, yeah, get ready for it. Go Mac Jones. Stay hot.